Project podcast, joined by Matt Rubita. We're in like a makeshift setting right now, two umbrellas. Yeah, I wrote back at my house with a multiple umbrella set up for the light, and yeah, I feel like it's way better filming outside. Besides cooking? outside doing a podcast, so. Besides cooking in the sun, I think it's a great, I think it's a great setup. I like having the, we have the orange umbrella here, and then we have like the old school beach umbrella here. Yeah, man, around the beach as far as I'm concerned. Just, just don't look that way. We're at the beach. After, but, next, uh, after next weekend, I'm going to have to find a beach. Yeah, that's why we're here. So Matt, because he's not going to pump his own tires, I'm going to pump it for him. He's going to be walking 24 hours for overdose awareness. He's going to be walking from 3 p.m. on Saturday, the you have to fill me July in. 16th. July 16th to 3 p.m. on July 17th, which is a Sunday. He's going to be walking around the Dundas Driving Park. Um, everybody is welcome to join him at any point in time. So there's going to be a sign up on his Instagram. And obviously we're going to talk further about that with more details. But yeah, the meat and potatoes of it is you're going to be walking for 24 hours straight. But obviously like this has been a long time coming. And the reason behind it is like really, really deep. It's not just... You know, hey, I'm gonna help out a cause, and this is it. And yep. like, obviously, you're personally attached to this cause, so yeah, just kind of. First of all, you nervous? You excited? Like 24 hours walking, and people know Dundas Driving Park. They know like it's not the easiest if you just keep walking that over and over and over. Yeah, again. I know, and that's what it was too. Like talk about the location. Like I went to like 10 different locations along the Hamilton area, trying to find like, a place to walk. Different parks that kind of like had loop throughs. And, like, I was talking to, like, Sarah, my fiancé, and we were thinking that going in a loop at, like, the high schools and things like that, where it's, like, a shorter loop, it's, like, a, it's like 800 oh, like a meters. Track. Yeah, like, I might just get dizzy after a while. And there'd be, like, a mental component to that, too. I feel like you would just be, like, because there's nothing you'd lose really, track of time. Like and there's fully... nothing going on. Whereas, like, in the Dundas Driving Park, for those who have been in context, like, there's parks. What there. was it, a kilometer? Yeah, it's like a kilometer, but it's also the driving portion of it. There's so different there's, view. Like, every yeah. point's different for you and to view, There's tennis right? going yeah. on. There's the actual park itself. There's, like, a little water thing. Uh, a lot of families have picnics and things like that that are going on there. So, it was a good spot for me. And, like, also, my brother and me are from the Dundas area. So, like, we grew up there, and we've been to the Dundas Driving Park a number of times. So, like, that's also why that location hit home hit home for me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because that's the reason why I'm doing this walk to begin with. Uh, but uh, to like to what your earlier point of like, I don't like I'm feeling like excited. I'm feeling nervous. I just don't think I've I know, I've made Instagram posts about this and like stories. Like, I don't think I've ever tested my body to this magnitude mentally and physically. So as weird as it may sound, like I think it will be one of my greatest accomplishments. Like just to will myself through this and to get through it and to walk for hopefully 24 straight hours unless my body just breaks down. But let's not think like that. I don't think i've been able to ever push through something like this before right yeah now obviously it's been a long time coming like you wanting to get back you want to do something but like the first step was you actually opening up and sharing you know your brother's story and you know even though it's been years since his passing it it took you all that time to finally come out and be like you know like i want to kind of speak about this Mm -hmm. and do something about this like obviously that wasn't very easy for you like did you want to do something like this years ago or was it just like a perfect timing thing or did it just end up um, unfolding for this year or was it something you wanted to do previous years? Yeah, so coming up in August in 2022 will be 14 years uh, since Ant passed away. For the first uh, 11 years, we were told that it was like a brain aneurysm and his friends and some people around that didn't really think that was the case and that was more or less my family not wanting to, you know, 
as morbid as it sounds, like see a coroner's report and go through all that due diligence and due process that some people do from like unexpected deaths from kids or just a tragedy of, of, of someone's passing. You see a lot like in athletes uh, who die of like CTE, stuff that they don't want to actually see the information of how that person actually passed away. So when I heard all this, I knew that something was wrong about it and I took it upon myself. And that's when I went and, and read the report and, and saw that he died of, of, an, of an overdose, of an accidental overdose. And that's like really what really changed what I wanted to do with my life. Um, for those who have been able to see the video, I kind of talk about that, how I just was starting my relationship with Kids Helpful and doing a lot of interviews where I'm discussing his death. And part of me and my message and who I am is being open and I felt like I wasn't able to do this. And it wasn't for my own being. It was because my family at the time, um, for whatever reason, it could be just embarrassment. It could be that they feel that why do you have to try and turn a, such a bad and horrific uh, instance into a positive? Uh, a lot of people still have that mindset. They kind of just want to not discuss those type of things. That's just not me. And, you know, I'm a 28-year-old man now, and I make my own decisions, and I have my own story that I want to put out there. And I'm also lost someone. Like, if you take away, yes, all those great things that I've been doing, like, I lost a brother. So I'm part of that family, too, that I keep alluding to and saying how my, some people in my family didn't want to talk about this. I am that family. I'm one of the direct you know, recipients of the issues or the hearing, the things that you hear about how he died. Like I'm hearing these things firsthand where other, other people can ignore it. I couldn't, and I had to do something about it. And that's why I wanted to, you know, a long story here, but that's why I wanted to share that story because I've known for a few years, uh, didn't really have support in some of it. And I feel that's what, like, I just, as I said, I'm getting older and I want to take control of this and change the narrative uh, behind overdoses and, that we have like this still this very taboo conversations when it comes to overdose we really think that's like someone is on like skid road and they're they're junkies and things like that not that i'm painting that picture for people and not judging those themselves but that's how we automatically think and that's just not what my brother was and it's trying to try and switch that narrative and not have this negative connotation towards him yeah for sure and like uh I know I just said a lot there obviously you and i yeah you and i have a conversation about this before but even just hearing you say it like that it Know, paints a pretty clear picture and as well as um, I know what you say what you advocate for what you come out for and you wanted to make sure like all your chips were on the table and you know you were like obviously it was very vulnerable opening up and how it affects you but also it was a lot for your family and you took that risk knowing that you know maybe it wasn't something that they supported because they want to move on but for you personally it's like you know this help is helping you move on and, and it is for the greater good I know we had the conversation with this before but you know what you're doing and why you're opening up this because you don't want to see someone else go through yep. not only what your brother and your family went through but what you went through right like um the kind of mental component of how it not only took your family down but you and the space it put you into and um everything coming about this walk and what you're trying to do is for the greater good right and it's to change the stigma and the perception and also like the awareness towards uh, overdose right like whether it be someone who's addicted or not addicted or whether it be someone who is like a user or not a user or something it's i think it, you're right because it's all classified under one umbrella or it gets a really bad perception but like obviously it's intertwined within mental health too so i feel like it's very important it's very important you shared it it's very important we talk about it, i feel like also in a conversation like this yeah and i think too like it always affects like your significant others like when you're talking about family it made me think of my brother's girlfriend at the time who's now living in new york city soon as she saw the video she messaged me right away saying oh my god i didn't know he died uh of an overdose i thought it was a brain or this whole time i was always worried i'd get one things like that right and that's part of it too where 
you indirectly forget who you're affecting by neglecting the truth uh, about someone or about something that how it, the dominoes affect other people, right? Where my brother's friends, some of them knew, but they felt the family didn't want to talk about it. So they felt like they couldn't talk to us or myself about how my brother died and how they were feeling and how I was feeling, which is like, it's sad, right? And a lot of people who are, you know, I, w I used to go, I got tested back in the day for aneurysm, things like that, which is like, why the fuck am I doing this? To be honest, if you think yeah. about it, it's like, that's not true. It didn't happen. Like, there's no history of that in our family, stuff like that it seems kind of off and seems kind of weird. But now when like you're looking back, can, can I just hold resentment towards people in my life for that or just move on and use it for the greater good, right? And some people, that's why I said, like some people don't want that. And I'm just like, but that's you. So like looking back now and because this all happened when you were such a young age and you said like you were kind of like shielded from the truth or like it wasn't getting close to it later. Um, are you happy it unfolded when it did, when you could kind of take information like that a lot better than at that age? Or do you wish at that age, it's kind of a heavy question, but if you wish at that age that you knew right away? No, that's a great question. It's why I I have empathy for the situation. Uh, I've, oh, I am empathetic person. Sometimes it's to my deterrent, to how I treat others. And sometimes you get taken advantage of directly or indirectly. Regardless of that, though, I am empathetic because three of us who are here right now doing this none of us have had children so none of us really know how to protect or what we're trying to protect because we don't have children we're just thinking as it from a lens that i'm 25 when i find this out like oh of course you know going back on it you know i had my battles with mental health when i was in the hospital often my brother passed away but i know when i'm getting older and going through these stages maybe that conversation should have been had but again, how can I say that when I've never been in that situation or I've never had a child? You know, you don't know what they're shielding you from. We know how bullying is. We know how, you know, other kids can be nasty where if I'm finding these things out and it's out there, how could I have been affected in that in another way, right, that, we'd not, that we're not thinking of? Um, I'm not sure if that was the reason why I wasn't told or we didn't talk about the truth, but I do think about those things, right? And that's why I don't hold any ill will towards, towards anyone in my family because... It's just all part of the process, all part of the journey. And I felt that like maybe at that time it was tough because, you know, what I was going through. But being able to see me mature over the years and get older and going through my own thing, creating my own self as a man and doing all these advocacy things and stuff like starting the, pro the projects with you. Maybe that should have been like, OK, let's maybe have that conversation. Um, but again, I'm not going to hold any ill will towards that. And it's just, it's just part, it's another chapter in my life. It allows me now to take this in stride when I'm more confident who I am and what I have to offer and provide space for, for others, right? And it's kind of why I want to do that not-for-profit and why I'm, I'm doing this walk uh, to begin with. Yeah, like I think everything unfolds for a reason. Now, you know, you're in a position where you can instill change, right? Like you can, you know, take that narrative and take the information that you've been told and do something about it, like with this walk and with like the not-for-profit you seek to fund and all this stuff moving forward. So did you know right away as soon as you found out like a couple of years ago that you wanted to do something or was this something that over time you're like, I'm going to, you know, start making strides to... You know, I soon as soon as I found out, like stores. for those that know me, and I, I always keep saying that, I hate saying that, I need to stop saying that. But for you, you know me uh, well, like, probably from the, the second day running when I knew... You know, it was hard for me because I had to keep it in. I was crying when my, me and my friends, my friends found out for the first time. Like, I remember crying in the bathroom, hosting one of my Christmas parties. Just so much information I was holding inside me that I couldn't talk about. It, like, destroyed me. And go after that, though, you kind of get that emotional side out of you and kind of cry and feel sorry for myself and all those things. Like, why, what, what was me? Why is me? Which is part of the grieving process, mind you. 
And once I got, okay, let's hit the ground running. Like, what can I do next? Then when I went, had these ideas, like, I had pushback and, you know, my single, my family wasn't really, you know, pr- not proud of that, but like just didn't want that to be out there yet. And then I just said, as I'm getting older and older and seeing all these things unfold and create my own relationships with people like yourself, uh, you know, my relationship with Sarah and just friends in general and seeing what's important to me. It's like, excuse me, this is something I had to do. Like I had to do this for myself and I have this massive, you know, goal I originally had that I wanted to do, but logistically I wasn't able to do that. And then now that I was like, you know what, what else can I do that's just so crazy and so out there that just grabs people's attention? And that's part why people ask, like, why do you do the 24-hour walk? I remember filming the video with Matt and Sarah and, like, my... You know, your cliche, you know, uh, interview style like, because people die of overdoses 24-7, which sounds, which sounds, which, yeah, yeah, which sounds like, oh, yeah, it's true. But the main idea is just like, yes, I want to do a great thing, but you have, I have to differentiate myself so I can grab people's attention to this, right? So what grabs their attention? Like, oh, my God, he's walking for 24 hours. Like, that's insane. Like, why is he doing that? And then you read and then he grabs your attention. Like, oh, my God, he's doing it for such a great cause. I want to get behind this. I want to join him in all these things. And then it's just like that's what hopefully caters people and it gets them to their emotions and they're able to kind of come walk with me and then they can feel my passion, right, where I was at a Timmy's like literally two, like yesterday. And he saw the shirt that I have and he's just seeing me talk about this and how passionate I am. And and then we get to going, then he ends up donating $5 of his own money to it, right? Oh, that's amazing. And like thinking to it, it's because I have these shirts. Like if I just didn't... Just for context, yeah, his like, shirt says, I am walking 24 hours straight for overdose awareness. Then his Instagram handle on the bottom. So it's right to the point. Yeah. It's kind of good. I like that. It just so kind of catches... Like and it's, it's also out and there. people yeah. see like, oh, what is that? Like I forced them to kind of read your shirt and then you have that conversation, right? It's like putting in people's face. Like how are they going to know that I'm walking or doing this if I'm not like in a way marketing it, right? It kind of sounds, and I hate saying it out loud, like, oh, you're marketing something that's supposed to be for good but that's just how you have to do things nowadays but it is because then you're digging into the reason then right says it for overdose awareness it's like yeah okay like i don't you're not like there's nothing bad about it like, i know you're saying though but your mind will be like oh man maybe i'm marketing this wrong but you're not like I'm, i can speak on behalf of you and and matt's here too and we can both say like no like you were doing this for the greater good like yeah. this isn't i know you're saying but we talked about this earlier how your mind will create that narrative and um you know, put you into that corner, but no, this is all like, that's why we're doing this podcast to share this because I know sometimes you're a very humble person. And I think this is a good opportunity for us to yeah. <laughs> hype up this event and what it's about and like the story behind it. And, um, yeah, kind of get it out there for, yeah. And, then I, and that's why it is where your mind just automatically goes, even though deep down, you know, you're trying to do, you know, I, I want this movement to be bigger than me. Right. People I've reconnected with my brother's friends, which is like beyond what I can even imagine right now. Some of them are going to be able to come out, people who I went to school with who never talked to me and people who don't even know me or, you know, added me on Facebook and Instagram and messaging me and want to be part of it and want to come out and walk because their siblings passed away. Right. Someone sent me a story and that's kind of what I want to do next with like building up the Instagram page of Tony's tales is kind of provide uh, other stories of people who have passed away to show other people who have been affected. And hopefully during this walk, I can meet more people who want to come out and kind of share their stories. And that's just what it, that's just what like the whole thing is to do is to create that community. We see it with Rambler. We see it with all the people that have come on. Like we somehow stay in contact with them. Yeah. I know I do personally, like, like even to that, I was telling you guys earlier how Ashley's allow me to use her cold tub. Um, and she came on, did a podcast for us and she allowed us to, uh, and she gave us the, you know, the, 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 you know, the water down Wim Hof method to use. So it's just like, 
being who I am and is in creating these relationships is also helping me bring, uh, bring this message where, you know, Monica who helped us with the pop-up shop we did recently, she's been amazing and trying to connect it, put in her newsletter and, yeah. and, and reach out to her people. And then that's, that's what the power of social media is. And, seeing this video take off and seeing some of the posters that I put out there uh, out around the city and on social media it's allowed me to um, you know organization called so open um, they're gonna come to the event and it's actually a student ran or not-for-profit organization I'm not sure if it's not for profit shouldn't, shouldn't say that but an organization who provides uh, naloxone education and gives out naloxone kits and people who are not sure what naloxone is it's just to help with someone who you may think is overdosing um, it provides a narcotic for them to essentially kind of wake themselves back up. Uh, they'll provide education on that and they'll give out some of these kits for free. They actually contact and they're going to come out to the event and kind of provide education for people That's and perfect. also give out naloxone kits, right? And I think it's like things like that where we can just connect <clears throat> and social media allows us to do that. Because some people are like, oh, why are you going to, so you're promoting addiction, you're promoting drugs because you're having people come bring naloxone. I'm like, no, it's just it's not that I'm promoting that it's just that if it's to happen in your area or if it's to happen around you and you're able to help prevent that or help That's save a life, save life oh yeah then what's sure. wrong with trying to learn they're giving to you for free you, you can you, you have you have the ability to say no that you don't want it. you don't feel comfortable which is fine no one's no one's saying you have to take it but I mean it just allows you to have that education I think that's also another great tool that I hope to grow from this event to have people be educated on that now have you been surprised with kind of like the amount of support and feedback and comments and clicks and signups for the, like, I, there has been a lot. Like, I remember even seeing that video where people talking about it and people, were, you know, we were looking at the sign up or Matt and I, Matt Davidge and I talked about it. And it was like, there's a lot of people signed up, like, right throughout like, yeah. 24 hours. Like, people are going to come and walk with you at all different points. Like, did you expect that to happen or is, has it been kind of overwhelming with the Like, support? I mean, again, like, like you said, the humble side to me, I think because of who I am as a person, people, when I have things like this, people will always support yeah. It's so like I know who you know my great support system is and the, those people and the bases and the base that I've had and the people that I've brought into my life because they're like they're they're like-minded people you know what I mean it's I'm 28 now I've had so many different stages of friends that though now when it comes to this age these are who I've, these are who the people I want to be around with so if they resonate with me that means they're like-minded like me like, and then they believe in certain things that I do they believe in the message I'm trying to send so those type of people I knew were always going to support me, but it's seeing the other people who I just, like, I, so BMO has this thing called Yammer, and it's like Facebook for BMO, and I posted it on there, and I, I got a lot of great feedback, and that's just what surprised me a lot, because BMO still has that, you know, I'm not, BMO has, actually, I should really not say that, because they've been great, and when my idea of the corporate world is that they still have like these stigmas for things like, like the human capital side, like the lived experience, the soft side that you feel that banks don't support. And sometimes I'm scared of that, right? And I'm nervous. I'm a very confident person. But seeing all the feedback from there and that you forget that we're just humans too behind a screen, right? We just work for a bank that kind of looks scary to outsiders and to some people. So seeing that support has been amazing. And seeing people who, like I've said earlier in a bit, is that people coming out who I've never, really never talked to. And that's what I really want. Like I really, like the whole goal of what I do, which is, sounds, you know, crazy. Well, Matt has one goal. 
but it's I want to actually have people feel comfortable they can just come over to my backyard go for a walk with me who I haven't really engaged with in years or never really engaged because that's what I want like I want to create relationships with people who are who are like-minded and, and who think like me who are similar to me because that's just how our community grows that's how yeah. we've met so many people on Rambler it's yeah, why sure. I've still talked to people like Ashley why we still talk to people like Monica why even um um we talk I forget what's his name who has his own podcast right now Nick, right? Nick, yeah. Yeah. Why we still why we still engage with him and things like that is because they're like minded. We just sometimes we we're so naive we don't think other people that exist. But then when you connect with them, you're like oh my gosh, I want them around in my life, right? And that's what I'm just trying. I'm trying to do. Yeah. No, I think that's amazing. And you know, kind of bringing full circle, this event something to do that. That's the whole purpose of the event is people are going to come literally walk with you for 24 hours. Yeah. This and this isn't going to be just your journey for 24 hours you're, what you're doing is you're giving everyone else an opportunity to, to come on this journey with you and experience this and and kind of be on that trail of showing you know what raising awareness really looks like from a community standpoint it's having everybody involved yep. and that's what's going on so yeah I'm obviously like really looking forward to that event I know I'll be there Matt Dallage will be there. We'll probably have a camera or a microphone in your face at some point. I'll Get be there. <laughs> I'll definitely be there yeah, for 24 hours, all all hours of the day. Yeah, and this is kind of we're gonna have this out before that 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 happens. So anyone who's listening who doesn't know about his event yet, check it out on his profile at Matthew Vida. It's been posted on our profile too, I believe the video. Yep. And uh, yeah, you can still sign up and. Matt's bio, maybe I'll throw it to Rambler's bio too. Maybe that sign up. Because I did say if you have, if you donated, if you donate or if you do sign up on the Doodle link and come out to the walk, uh, I will be giving out six $50 gift cards of Boston Pizza. <clears throat> so I hope people, because I know how our generation is, they might not sign up. Uh, but I'd love for them <laughs> to. Boston Pizza? Yeah, I'd love for them to sign up and come out and come out to the walk. If you don't, you know, my fiance will be at the table there. You can come in, you're going to sign in there. And just sign yourself back up, and then we'll, we'll get it all figured out. I'll never leave anyone stranded for a Boston Pizza gift card. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Yeah, once again, thanks so much for going on. Saturday, July 16th, 16th 3, 3 p.m. Dundas Driving Park. Yep. Going to give out some refreshments and some food, too, so I hope to see bring your as many shoes. people there. Yeah, bring your bring your running shoes. Like comfy shoes. Yep. Maybe maybe you, too. After Make 12 sure. hours, though, I might be in flip-flops because my feet might be swollen, but we'll see how that goes. Just, you just bring multiple different types of shoes. Yes. Matt will be in cowboy boots by the time someone shows Any, up. Any, anything that's comfortable, I'll Props. be wearing that night. So, anyways, yeah, that's it. That's all. Thanks for listening. See you guys later.